Welcome to Iona, a podcast delving into mystery and feminine systems, ancient, modern, and conceptual. I am Allie Kessler, currently a student and a seeker of rhythms, both cosmic and earthly. And I'm Anne-Marie Vivienne. I'm a writer, poet, theoretical naturalist, and a mystic interested in decomposition, beauty, and resonance. Hello everyone and welcome to our Scorpio season, episode four of season two episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're a little bit late on this one because I was um, self-isolating with a COVID scare. Well, I was before that. Oh, and then you were before that. Yeah. So both Allie and I had to, we were both exposed. exposed. Luckily, neither of us ended up having it, but it's uh, crazy out there right now. (laughs) Yeah, we're in a hot spot, so. Yeah, so anyway. Uh, but we're back. We're both healthy. We're uh, ready to rock with Scorpio. <laughs> we are. We have been feeling the Scorpio. Yeah. We're a little. We've really vacillated from silly to like meltdown tonight. <laughs> so, so just hang in there. Hang in there. there no with promises us. on where we're going, but um, we will, like usual, read our card draws first from the knowing deck by seal grove i um sort of asked for the scorpio season like where does my witchy power lie or just some message about it and i got eagle and cedar Uh, you cannot remain in stories of victimhood or powerlessness any longer Cedar trees have been associated with an elevated state of being, and they symbolize an immortal presence and strength. When we are in the throes of human discomfort, the cedar, burnt as an incense, used for decoration, or perhaps just encountered physically as a loving spiritual presence, reminds us to see beyond our current situations and find our roots. While Eagle moves in the opposite direction to the grounding energy of these beautiful trees, flying higher than any other bird, the message is similar, to lift yourself out of the muck of your existence and remember a larger vision for your life, to call upon your resilience and strength and remember always your connection to the divine. How do I connect with my power? Um, Yeah, I really relate to this one. I feel like I... That would be maybe a witchy power that I do have as I'm typically really good at kind of like elevating and seeing big pictures and um, getting perspective on things. Um, it's interesting. It mentioned, where was it? Uh, something about going into your roots. Um find our roots. I have done some of that work lately this past couple of weeks while I've been stuck at home. I got sort of like (laughs) went deep with my ancestry stuff and found some interesting ancestors. And actually Anne and I finally found an ancestor in common that's pretty way, way back. That's I always thought we'd find a Scottish connection because we're both sort of like 
drawn well, to Well, Iona is named after a place in Scotland, so anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll talk about that a little. Um, and I do, I think, you know, this season, Scorpio season, is a lot with having to do with, like, recognizing our power, recognizing where we've not understood our power, recognizing when our power's stuck, empowering others, sharing in the world. It's about precision and stuff. And I've, you know, I've had a lot of cool experiences where I have um, been mindful of those themes and maybe for my first time in a deep way really seen how I'm doing a better job of being precise and channeling my resources better and knowing my resources better, but I've also been confronted with areas where I want something to be able to share and I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. And so looking for some sort of, what is my resource that I can contribute to this place because I want to and I don't know how to yet. So elevating up to kind of figure that out, but I think there's a, Target anyway. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's mine. So I got I got the body part this time. Yeah. <laughs> so we switched our normal patterns. So I've been um, this season knowing that you know speaking of resources, <laughs> like, um, I know that I. There's one resource that I really wanted and know that I, I haven't really known how to cultivate and that is love. So that's a deep one for me. So when I drew my card, there's just I'm looking for ways to learn how to cultivate love, especially for myself. And um, so I drew uh, kidneys and I knew... <laughs> Because Allie recently drew this one. <laughs> I think it was last time. Yeah. <laughs> last time or the time. It was one yeah. of the last couple times. So I knew kind of what was coming. Um, but let's see. I'm going to kind of skip the first part. Um, but she says, The kidneys are detoxification organs responsible for filtering out what needs to be removed from our bodies in order for health to be maintained. And their ability to function is affected directly by how much fear we have in our minds and lives. What could be considered perhaps the most toxic toxin of all? If your kidneys are calling you, pay attention to your fear processes and any paranoid tendencies you might be carrying and decide if there might be an opportunity to release those fears. Our kidney, kidneys, organs highly in, involved with water and the balance of it in our bodies, also remind us of the antidote to fear, and that is faith. Faith in yourself, in your process, and in the greater system within which you reside. Faith is what water teaches, the ability to flow, to surrender, to release. What am I afraid of? What good is my fear? What do I lose by being fearful? So that went straight straight to the heart, straight to the gut, <laughs> <laughs> straight, straight to everything. Uh, but that's I mean that's exactly it and I think you know this idea of empowerment and like I feel like love is a power and a resource mm-hmm. both those things that I know and I do believe are 
you know, available to all. And I just feel like for some reason they've been elusive for me mm-hmm. and been really hard. Not for some reason. I know the reason I, I had a, a, a traumatic childhood. So um, it's it makes love complicated. And, and faith. Yeah. And faith, yeah, for sure. So, and it's, it's I love this idea of water and balance. Um, I'm really drawn to... I've been kind of reigniting my interest in um, in tea ceremonies and Ayurvedic um, approaches to healing, and with you know with Ayurveda, it's all about finding the balance. And you know, I'm a Pitta dosha, which is fire, so I tend. Um, to overheat and the balance to that is water you know and water and I've been thinking about you know like just cultivating more sweetness and to me it's like what's more sweet than water you know and like a nice cup of tea like yeah. there isn't anything more sweet to me so it's been you know and you know what am I afraid of I'm yeah I was telling Ali I know exactly what I'm afraid of <laughs> and it's it's um yeah, and I think this this idea of water and using faith as the antidote is so simple. What um, about keeping, you know how there's like gratitude journals? Yeah. What about a faith journal? Oh, I like that. Sort of monitoring and assessing. Oh, I, I really think like when that. when you see little minor steps or moments when it's worked for you or when you've touched into it, you are able to like have more awareness around it, I guess. No, yeah, that's really good. And I, I was telling Allie earlier one of the times that I strangely felt one of the most sweetest, tender times in my life where I was able to be really sweet with myself was when I was going through a divorce. And um, and I'm thinking back on it right now, and I was like, I was drinking a ton of water. Mm. You know, just like water was everything to me. It was, the, it really was the thing yeah. that was sustaining me. And um, I think I underestimate the role that played and how I was able to be really soft with myself and tender with myself. And I also just love that water and the way that it plays a part in shaping the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very slow process. And Allie and I were talking earlier, just at least I was saying, you know, like I. I go the scenic route. I go slow. Yeah. And um, I have I think a... we both have like a very holistic process, which yeah. means you can't just take the linear route to anything because you have to have the right. whole ecosystem of something. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I was talking to another friend and, and he's on the psychedelic road, <laughs> the fast road. And I, I love that concept and, you know... Um, think it's fascinating but um, as we were talking you know even you know even he acknowledged that you know there's something just as powerful in the the water of these tea ceremonies I've been doing that that just even serving myself a cup of tea you know and I I I love that idea of something so simple and it doesn't have to be and it's so accessible so I think I'm 
like having faith in these, you know, learning to have faith in these ordinary gestures, which is something I love that concept and I try to practice it in a lot I was of just other ways. See the gestures are like yeah. alive in a way too. Yeah, so it's just like how do I, you know, in a way like that was the strangeness of a divorce, like a cat, a catastrophe or a crisis like that. <laughs> I feel like I'm at another crisis, but it's not as um, it's easier to reach out to people when you're going through something big and definable like a divorce, sure. you know. But when I'm in an, I'm in a very ambiguous place right now, so you can't really reach out and be like, "Hey, I just feel crazy." <laughs> <laughs> I just feel crazy. Will you talk to me? You know, like when you're going through a divorce, it's I'm going through a divorce and everyone's like, oh, of course. Yeah, of course we can talk. But when you call and just say you're feeling crazy, then you just feel crazy. But, um, so yeah, I think it's, um, I'm afraid of a, a lot of things right now. But I like this, um, having, learning to have faith in my process. Yeah. and the timing of it so I could ramble on forever <laughs> about this because I'm confused about it too but anyway well Scorpio season definitely brings up the psychology and the traumas and the I'm there stuck <laughs> things. I am right on <laughs> schedule I am I'm timing this just right. We were having sort of like a mental breakdown earlier, so we may get pieces of that. Um, but it's also, we'll start with sort of the fun stuff. It's definitely like a witchy season. And we both have had some touch into that this season, I think. Like I've, for a class, really been doing some deep dive, close reading, analyzing of Frankenstein, which I've never actually read the original, so it was cool because I had a very different impression of what the story was from pop culture. Yeah, <laughs> pop culture misses the good stuff, actually. This is really, really embarrassing to admit, and I don't think I've said it out loud since I figured this out. I thought that the creature was Frankenstein. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know Dr. That, Frankenstein. I thought that Frankenstein was the monster. <laughs> right. I think that's a common, I think that's very common, actually. Okay, so yeah. I don't feel stupid. No, I think you're not alone. I think that... I was confused when I first started it. I'm like, wait, Dr. Dr. Frankenstein. Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> and it's not the monster. Or is he even really a doctor? I don't know. But anyway, oh, that's, I, I don't I think he's remember. a doctor, but mm. he's just like a university dropout. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. The monster is not Frankenstein. <laughs> no, but anyway, I've been doing like some deep reading into it, and it's really brought up themes about resurrection and a parody on that in a way, and um, you know, galvanization that this Victor Frankenstein uses to bring his creature alive is very scorpionic. It's that. Um, giving life to the dead you know like mm. to the, I don't know it's like that transmutation of power and mm. um, the electric shock kind of anyway um, it's been interesting to really think about that theme and what it connects to in terms of 
Oh, I could go on and on. There's a lot of stuff about Paradise Lost in there <laughs> and religion and <laughs> all my favorite um, things. Yay, John Milton. <laughs> but I think my favorite part is that it is a bit of a parody about resurrection and um, how that can actually go terribly wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> resurrection is kind of a bad idea. It's kind of a bad idea. I don't know. <laughs> it can be good and it can be bad. Yeah. It depends on if you're doing it naturally or not. Right. Well, not just, you know, I think, you know, I, you know, grew up with a very strong religious background and in some ways, like, this idea of resurrection, um, I, I've wrestled with it and gone through phases of, um, really loving the idea or, you know, being really turned off by the idea. And I think with this witchy season, you know, and I'm diving back into my love of plants and herbalism and, um, again and again, you know, the word that I'm starting to replace this idea of resurrection, because I think there's, mm-hmm. is, is just renewal. Yeah. You know, like renewal is, is, different than resurrection but it 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 has more of that natural renewal i also like renovation oh yeah i do like renovation yeah it's a scorpion scorpio word um yeah but i think like the key to me in in reading frankenstein is like is it natural are you doing this because it's the natural next step or are you forcing a resurrection are you forcing a renovation are you you know right well that to me is just like you know whether it's religion or science I think both of them have these veins in them where they become obsessed with you know the fountain of youth and eternal life and it's just like whether it's scientific or religious or whatever like it's unnatural yeah you know like death is death is natural and that cycle so that's why renewal becomes more attractive to me because, you know, it's it's taking, you know, an element or an essence and renewing it and giving it a new form mm-hmm. rather than resurrecting the, na- the original. The original, yeah. which is so yeah. unnatural. But you see, like, in... There's a lot of epics where you see the process of some sort of renewal or resurrection and I think it tends to archetypally kind of go along with like going into a pit with a monster and coming out the other side so like I'm gonna go straight to the master but um Lord of the Rings J.R.R. Tolkien you know like Gandalf goes with the demon in the pit and then he kind of resurrects as Gandalf the Great or the Great the White the White yeah oh he was great so he's Gandalf Gandalf the Great first and then he becomes Gandalf the White and there's just something new and it's sort of like when you go into those things that you feel powerless in and you face it and you dive into that darkness of what it is you understand on the other side where you didn't understand your power before or other people's power and you come back out just like completely um, so much more aware of um, what is hidden and what's yeah. within you and what's within others and right. just a lot more command 
Right. Well, and I think it's that, like, that moment where, you know, you hear people talk about, like, you know, I'm a totally different person. You know, they go through something and they become a totally different person rather than, you know, we all get caught in that cycle of trying to be our, every once in a while, in some form or another, trying to be our 26-year-old self again, you know? Yeah. And it's like, no, it's not about being the 26-year-old again. It's about becoming something new and reinventing yourself. through the, the veil of a death, mini death, anyway. <laughs> yes, death. I mean, I'm like, I, me and Scorpio and dying. I, I, every Scorpio, it's, I feel like, I think every Scorpio year now I'm going to, or a season, I'm going to really feel like I'm quite literally dying <laughs> at some point. But. Totally. It's a very interesting season. Yeah. But I think, I don't know, for me, what I'm, kind of the metaphors that I do love is, you know, and as I'm trying to cultivate, like, this love and sweetness in my life, like, the dying allows for that, and I think about, you know, you think of, like, root vegetables, you know, that they, the the longer they're underground in the winter, the sweeter they get. Ooh, I love that. You know, so it's like, you know, they do all these, there's all this research on, like, you know, well, and it's just like, yeah, you get the, the, they literally get sweeter. There's more sugar. The sugars build up in them. Yeah. And so to me, I'm just like, the more I just kind of (laughs) like lay low and surrender and do this releasing and, you know, and just Mm -hmm. allowing myself to be consumed and to be buried, the sweeter I become. So I think this idea of death, you know, there is, there is a sweetness and a tenderness to just letting go of something and, um, I'm I'm trying to remind myself that as, as, as painful or as, you know, sometimes as isolating as it can be, um, I, I try to also pay attention to the sweetness that is building. Yeah. As, you know, and I feel like I'm at the beginning of this winter season, so, like, the sweetness isn't totally there, but if I just kind of stay with it and stay underground here, that by the end of this winter, uh, by the end of the winter, I'll be quite sweet. So <laughs> that's, I'm hoping I, I come out yeah. like the carrots that the kids love to eat. <laughs> But yeah, I think there is something about breaking down, right? Because yeah. when you break down, that's when the sugar is yes. kind of... Well, and, you know, to be, like, super literal with how the seasons connect to this, like, you're walk, if you're out on a walk right now, just look down at the ground, and it's a little bit more wet, so all the leaves that have fallen and the foliage and berries and fruits and whatever, they're starting with, with that wetness breaking them down, they're starting to re-enter the earth. Mm. But you'll notice that certain things either harden too fast or rot, or there's something where they're just like really struggling to get back into that involution process, and that mirrors things about our own lives. Mm. We're supposed to be taking things back in, but there are certain things that aren't penetrating that inner space, and so we 
have to face them and figure out why this isn't breaking down. And I had a meltdown about it, about the most absurd thing that's ever made me mad. Not mad, just like really not understood reality. Perplexed. Perplexed. Do I even talk about it? Yeah, that's, we're going to lighten the mood a little bit here. It feels like a horror story to me. <laughs> I don't know why this, I can't, involution, whatever this is, it's stuck. <laughs> Allie can't accept this, that this I is a thing. Accept. This is something that has apparently been around my culture, my society, my community forever. For what? For at least my lifetime. For, for what? Since my my age of being engaged with, you know, dating or marriage um, relationships, relationships, romantic relationships. I you know we we both grew up Mormon. I'm sure most of you know this and are no longer. Um, I left a long time ago. It's not something I even think about um but every once in a while you know and you hear these absurd things and you're like I remember that but it was like normalized for me so I didn't I don't think about it in such this bizarre way but every once in a while you learn a new nugget that you never knew even being part of it that just like I I can't handle this and it's shattering my reality (laughs) and it's so dumb but I'm in a, a writing Easily. class, and there, most of the people in it, because I'm back in school in my 40s, which is weird, <laughs> they're younger, you know, they're 20-year-olds, and <laughs> there was a story someone had written that I had to critique that started off about talking about a date night with these two college students, and they had made plans to make a blanket fort. And I was like, what is, I, I couldn't wrap my head on a date. On a make, date. Make a blanket for college students. And I'm like, date. what would possess this person to think that that would be an appropriate thing for college? Like, <laughs> I haven't done that since I was like in kindergarten. Like, this is bizarre. Like, who is this girl? You know? And I feel bad if she's, I mean, she won't be listening. She won't be listening. <laughs> but like, I'm sorry if this is you. <laughs> Or if someone on here does this, I'm just having a moment with it. I couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, she must be mistaken. Or like, what? Where's this part of? Because it turns into a scary story. I'm like, well, she's just trying to have this huge contrast to like make it more interesting. And then it crossed my mind. And I was like, is this a Mormon thing? Because I was long gone from the church when I started dating. Um... So I text Anne because she left a lot later than I did. Yeah, I I had a Mormon marriage and the whole deal. And I was like, by chance, is it like a thing (laughs) that Mormon, like college students might make blanket forts? And apparently it's a thing. And I can't handle it. I cannot. (laughs) I know this is absurd and it's such a dumb thing. But my mind keeps shattering yeah. when I try to think about this. <laughs> Which was very validating for me because I always felt there was something wrong with me because I couldn't, 
I couldn't join in the blanket fort trend. <laughs> what the? So I thought I was a bad flirt because I didn't like to play blanket fort. <laughs> so. I mean, are we? Yeah. Are we five year olds dating? Yeah, so that was nice. I'm just, I'm, I'm 39 years old. I would love to know if old. anyone else listening to this is also, like, having their mind explode. <laughs> and apparently Anne said that, like, married couples will do this too. They still do it once they're married. It's a, it's, it's a date night. You make a blanket for it. And, oh, my gosh. And just indulge in every sugar treat you can imagine. It is so, so innocent and childish and... Not a functional way to express that you want to be intimate. Yeah. <laughs> no, and so thank God. I cozy and like I. I'm sorry. I don't know why this is like. But Allie's Allie's literally like I'm not joking. Like this is literally giving me a meltdown. <laughs> but Allie's meltdown is my validation because um, because I grew up and and was married and there was no blanket for it. Um, but I felt I felt like I was a failure as a romantic because I wasn't making blanket forts. Um, I can't even believe this is a topic. Just hearing blanket forts. <laughs> what the hell are we this talking is about? Where we're at in the Scorpio season. But I think, like, you know, it's it is interesting because it's it's bringing up as as bizarre as it is and as funny as it seems and whatever it is. I do think it's interesting that it's bringing up these, you know, childhood type things, yeah. you know, where I feel like with, for me, at least with Scorpio, it is, it's always getting deep down into these roots that usually link somehow back to my childhood and how I've been looking at, like, there are ways that I've been acting very childish, you know, and like resenting being an adult in a lot of ways. And, um... And so I've had to... Maybe I'm reacting because I really just want to go make a blanket for it and disappear for the rest secretly, of the year. <laughs> secretly, Allie wants to go hide. Yes, she's jealous of the blanket for <laughs> She's jealous. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it is this like, yeah, there's, there's something in all of us where we don't want to to be an adult, which is also to claim our power, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think, you know, whether it's a blanket fort, and I feel like the power that they're evading there is like this sexual power, right? Yeah, I think it makes me sad. It, it's more. very sad. It makes me sad. Like, it's yeah. a very dysfunctional way to learn about how intimacy. to express your needs intimately. Yeah, it of is. Of intimacy and intimately. <laughs> yes, there's no... Yeah, like there's... Is... It's very... Um, stunted. It's very, very stunted. And I think to me, like, you know, a lot of conversations about, you know, where I'm at and my attitude lately have been just like, I'm, I'm stunting myself and, you know, I'm not, I'm not empowering myself and I'm, I don't know. So I, I think that's why in some ways that the, the blanket fort thing is so disturbing because, um, for me, it also, as much as it was validating that, like, okay, I'm not crazy, like, making a blanket for it is weird and not not what I want to do with someone I'm romantically involved with <laughs> at all, but it also just reminded me of, of, in general, Mormon or not, I think, you know, 
people get we get stuck in our childhood patterns and needs and wants yeah. and we're trying to fulfill and I'm not trying to bash on Mormons I was Mormon and I don't yeah. think any like I have Mormon friends and that was not like yeah no we're not we're not bashing this is just a bizarre <clears throat> piece of the culture so anyone that I don't think is like everyone in the culture no it's not but it's it's <laughs> I, it's not I everyone Mormon people and it's not Mormon. everyone but it's common okay it's common so it's common enough that when Allie said blanket fort, I knew exactly what she was talking about. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think it, it's just like we, we all behave so bizarrely oh, man, out of these childhood, childish pieces of us that have not learned how to find our power. Yeah. Yeah. That haven't evolved, that haven't grown up, that haven't really... You know, and there's something, there's like a, a strange safety in staying childish, right? Yeah. So it's like, that's what I've been facing a lot in my own ways. There's, <laughs> again, no blanket forts on my part. Um, <laughs> just was aware of them, which I was not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, in my own way, you know, even these issues around love, you know, it's, yeah. it's coming from a very childish place. And yeah. Um, and think of plenty of my own things there. Yeah, and like, you know, some days I, not some days, many days I begrudge my day job. And I just was telling Allie earlier, like, what the hell? Like, I'm so grateful for my day job. And, you know, it's a lot for me. And and it's what I need right now in, in certain ways. And yeah. it won't always be that way, but... You know, speaking of gratitude journals, I could definitely add, you know, my job <laughs> I am grateful for and and being a good it's, contributing you citizen. Know, you have to have a lot of grace for yourself this year, though, because I feel like everyone is kind of reaching an exhaustion point. Mm. And I don't know if that's just because I've... I feel like I've been pretty lucky through COVID and all the different things going on right now. Um, I've been pretty, uh, pretty secure, stable position and um, coming to a point, even though I didn't end up having COVID, but having a very significant exposure and really having to take isolation seriously and wondering, you know, who you infected and yeah. I mean luckily I found out fast enough that I <clears throat> hadn't been around really any people but you still sort of I don't know you just wonder yeah. uh, I don't know anyway coming through that being negative and seeing I know it's such a small thing but it was so empowering for me to be like washing your hands sanitizing spaces and wearing a mask worked in a very significant hour-long very very close contact situation mm -hmm. it worked and I know that for a fact now yeah. that these things work like I took scientists at face value and the data but I lived it now and it's a, you know it's a small empowerment but yeah it's like I feel very empowered about wearing a mask now I feel very empowered about the little things that I do that are keeping me safe yeah well, and I think, I don't know, when you were just saying that too, like, and you use the word grace, and to me, grace is a, it's a downward motion, 
and movement. Mm-hmm. It comes, it's top to bottom kind of a thing, right? So, and but then there's this humility, right? Yeah. So it's like being willing to you know do these little things and take precautions and do things that might seem inconvenient and you know or maybe like you know being too careful or whatever but it's just like you know having grace is also having humility and kind of and coming back to this idea of you know what's natural you know it's like coming down to the earth yeah can we all just come down for a minute yeah and get real do the work work with the land, work with the, you know, things that we have, that we already have, and see those as resources, mm-hmm. and be empowered in that, and not always striving to be, you know, to rise to the top. Yeah. You know, and I think there's an empowerment to just um, working with what you've got, and the limitations, mm-hmm. working within the limitations <clears throat> that might be put on you, whether they're, you know, wearing a mask and taking safety precautions, or limitations of you know other you know the more common resources of money or whatever it's just like you know come down and just work with what you've got and that's really empowering when you and that's very adult right where it's just like accept what you've got use it to invest in it and be committed to it and you'll see how that will you know, eventually grow and change for you, but anyway. Yes, agreed. And it's also a lot of grace right now because Scorpio season is the season of politics. (laughs) And I don't want to get too much into it because it just... We all know. We all know what's going on. It's weird. We supposedly have president and vice president elect but there's a new green on the other side which it's very scorpionic these positionings these plays for power it's um still makes you worried you know yeah and i think it's it just plays into all of our exhaustion Mm -hmm. which is like so much (laughs) (laughs) really yeah ali showed me a picture someone made it instead of a NyQuil a year quill so we can all just go to go hibernate for the rest of the year and wake up next year and hopefully it's all done (laughs) someone on Instagram mentioned it so I looked it up (laughs) so funny it is pretty good (laughs) wake up in 2021 yeah yes please yes well I think in some ways like some as a in some ways there is we can only handle so much. Our brains can only handle yeah. so much. And I think that's part of the grace, too. Like, yes, we need to do the work. And, yes, we need to accept, you know, our positions. But also, just, like, part of that accepting is accept- is, is accepting our limitations that we can only take on so much. Yeah. And um, when it comes to politics, I think we, a lot of, it's just, like, it's so much. And well, it's been such a crazy four years where... Yeah. We wake up every day to tweets that have us spinning about non stupid things, yeah. non issues, and right. we're not even paying attention to what's happening around the world because of it. <laughs> it's just really Well that's what you make I didn't you make it like I felt very calm during the election and I had this glimmer of hope. I really 
thought Biden had a chance and I was going to stay calm and then he ended up winning and I was like, okay, cool. Like it happened the way I really felt like it was going to happen. And then I broke into tears and I had no idea how Mm. much pent up like exhaustion I had from the Trump term. Yeah. Well, and the way you said that. It wasn't even that he, like, I didn't care who won. It was just that it wasn't (laughs) Right. I know. Well, and that's, (laughs) but the way you just said that was really illuminating in that, you know, the, the politics that we've been on, that we've been exposed to lately has really led us to be really navel gazing. And that's tiring when all you're thinking about is yourself. And I'm saying that from personal experience as someone who lives alone during a pandemic. Like when you're just, when all you're concerned about is yourself is it's, it's really tiring. And that and being pitted against your neighbors. Exactly. And your family and your whatever friends. Right. So it's just like, I mean, luckily not too much of that for me, but I know a lot of people who've, yeah a lot of broken relationships over this presidency yeah it's just been very it's created drama where there doesn't need to be drama yeah, for sure crazy. so it's very tiring and it's, yeah I mean there's actually a lot of statistics that show like when you I mean of course there's some sus- major systemic things that I think people are divided on but like basic issues of healthcare, basic issues of economy most people agree on across hmm. across the political spectrum mm-hmm. when you actually have like um, in-depth conversation and ask questions and right. ask opinions like yeah. we're just made to hear a, a politician's branding and their rhetoric not actually what they're doing which was another thing that really felt empowering during the Scorpio season as I was turned on to the site called, I'll share it with you guys because I feel very, um, I love having access to this and I think it's really gonna help me with politics because sometimes I just feel really overwhelmed by it. It's called issuevoter.com and you can choose from a whole array of issues that you feel passionate about and they break down the approximately a thousand bills that get um, voted on every year and they'll state it with a question first and then they'll give the pro and con and a little summary of it mm-hmm. and you can put your thumbs up to let your know let your congressman or senator or whoever know like if you're into it or not into it and you can see how your representatives have voted on all of these things mm, that's cool and it's really interesting like you would never know that the Breonna Taylor bill was made by a Republican mm. and so there's all these things where it's like mm. you're just granted tools to keep track in a very simple very empowering way you know all the issues you care about and the bills that have been and how your representatives have voted yeah. and what representatives have made what bills yeah, I love that, and it's just like, you know, more and more, it's like, we all know this, right, we all know this, that as a country, we, for the most part, we all want the same things, and, you know, politics really does come down to, like, a lot of the reason we turn off to it is because it's marketing, and it's branding, and it's spinning, and it's, 
and we're you know we're just so inundated with marketing and branding <laughs> and it's just like you know this this is stuff that has to do with our community the well-being of our communities and our families and our friends and something um i'm trying to remember oh jonathan Haidt, um who wrote the book the righteous minds or something like that righteous minds and it's about politics and you know how we've become so divided in this country and and he and he brings this up you know just like yeah most of us we want the same things we agree on a lot of the same things and so he says like diversity works best when we start out by talking about what we have in common yeah you know so it's just that like i think we're all so ready to just talk about what we have in common as much as like we want to embrace diversity and and allow people to be their individual selves and to bring their opinions and whatnot but the reality is is most of us want the same things yeah. you know and i love that that the brianna taylor law was a you know a republican yeah so, so it's just from wait where was it kentucky no was it kentucky yeah was it okay. all of a sudden yeah, like, it's okay. having a blank mind. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, which is such a... Yeah. I don't know. And I think, you know, like, how... You know, no, you know like, you don't hear that on the news because... I don't know. Really, I, I am... I think if I'm losing my faith, speaking about faith... <laughs> if I'm losing my faith in anything, it's, it's media. Yeah. Like, and quote-unquote journalism. I'm like, I, I don't... There's... It's hard to find good journalism anymore. It really is. Like, even the mainstream stuff that, like, I'm just like, no, I can't. I'm well, to... they're, for the most part, for profit, so. Yeah. That's, so they're doing there's the conflict there. Clickbait. Yeah. Just to get a rise out of people and, like, I don't know. I had a colleague talk about, you know, kind of bragging about how he reads one newspaper cover to cover every day, and I was just like, and it's, you know, a certain newspaper that, you know, I think a lot of people respect, but I actually am losing <clears throat> confidence in it and just thought, you read the same paper, the same point of view, day yeah. in and day out. Yes. I'm not impressed. Yes. Like, try reading something from the quote-unquote other side. I've been really trying to be good about that. Yeah. It's hard. It I get hard. frustrated, but I'm really pushing myself to listen to media sources. Yeah, because it's like, I already know what I think. Yeah. I don't need to go to the silo to know what I think. Like, I know what I think. And I, I really am... Like, yeah, now if I do listen to news or read the news, it's I, I'm very deliberate about something that I wouldn't naturally yeah. read. Yeah. Just because I want to know what other people are thinking. The silo is exhausting now. It is. There is actually, so my dad has sort of like a, a non-profit that really works on bipartisan efforts. Um, and they had somehow ended up being a partner for this like big celebrity telethon that was supposed to be bipartisan. But celebrities can be really bullish, I think, about their point of view and all the people from the right side sort of 
started dropping out because they were seeing how overpowered they were going to be. And the poor guy that was trying to host this and keep people bipartisan was just being (laughs) eaten alive. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. And it was really frustrating Mm. to see. It was really disappointing. Because what a chance to reach people that may have a different opinion but don't necessarily want to be called a fascist or a racist. Um, That only is going to, you know turn them off more they had a chance to reach people but they just it was it was disappointing yeah I think it's I think that's something like as humans it's just a tricky thing to learn how to do right is when when and it's it's you know we're not sadly we're not that intuitive anymore and we have you know we're kind of conditioned socially in certain Mm -hmm. ways but I feel like there is a time when, you know, you need to be direct yeah. and, and stand for something. But I feel like most of the time, it's, it is about hand-holding. Yeah. And I, I get that sometimes it gets tiring to do the hand-holding. And I feel like that's when it's like, the more of us who are doing hand-holding, then some people can take breaks while others do the work, you know? And it's just like, we're humans. And yeah. People have, when it comes to trauma, you know, like treating trauma with these kind of shock treatments, you know, isn't necessarily the best approach either. So it's Mm -hmm. just like, I don't know. I think, you know, when we talk about having empathy in this country, I feel like sometimes that empathy is expected to go one way. And um, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I think I'm learning where I can have more empathy politically and at least just trying to listen. I don't always have, I don't have to agree, but I do have, I do feel like I have to listen and and with sincerity. Yeah. Well, I think, um, Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg Mm -hmm. had a good point because he goes on Fox news a lot Mm -hmm. and someone, I think it was like, Trevor Noah. So one of the late night hosts was asking him why he keeps doing that and sort of knowing he'll just get beat up or whatever. And he's like, well, you know, there's this huge base out there that uh, is opposing who we are and we're opposing that, you know, he's like, if they've never had a chance to hear me, yeah, and I've never talked to them. Like, how can I judge anything they do? Right. You know, and how can they judge? You know, how can I feel like they're appropriately judging me in return? Like, you have to have that connection. Yeah, I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and that is, I do like that. It is about the connection. Yeah, and it's about I don't know. I think it's so much easier to rant and rave within the silo, but like, I'm so know. sick of the silo. But it's, yeah, and it's just like, but how empowering is it then to go use your voice yeah. and to stand up for what you believe in when you are in the minority? Yeah. You know, when everyone else might be against you. You know, like, that well, takes and so I think much strength. What's hard is thinking about having a one-on-one conversation with someone who has a different opinion than you. 
And for me, I always feel like I don't have all the facts, like concrete, like I don't know how I would really do in this argument. Like I don't feel so stable in my political wisdoms, yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's not always about that. It's no, just it's like not really that at listening all. to people. And going back to last season, Libra season, like I was thinking about this the other day or like after that celebrity telethon, I was like, I would have liked that so much better if they did have the opposite side on and they had some like put people in breakout rooms or put two people together that had not in like a screamy way, but like yeah. to talk about their differences yeah. in a civil way. I'm like that tension would have been really powerful and interesting to watch rather totally. than like everyone saying the same thing to probably people listening that know the same things and have the same opinion because they've scared anyone else off, you know? Yeah. Like I would have loved to see a little bit of tension. Oh, for sure. And I, and I think, yeah, the conflict and the tension is healthy and also... Not the yelling and not the no, crazy no, yeah, yeah. stuff, but like in a civil dialogue, a little bit of tension right a back and forth yeah. you know yeah which is yeah it's a nice healthy volley mm-hmm. but it's like you know I'm thinking you know like we get so obsessed with like you know we've got to have all the facts and we've got to have our arguments all lined up but I feel like that's coming from an approach to where we feel like we have to convert and convince people yeah. rather than understand and I think like well, and I think as it's more about talking about what you care so people, yes. even though they may not, not agree with you, they can see you as a human. Because that's what we do right now is we dehumanize everybody. Right. And so for me, I'm more interested in like, like truly understanding people. So for me, it's not about coming with the facts. It's coming with questions. Yeah. Like, what can and I listening. ask? And what listening. can I sincerely ask? Like, what am I confused about? And if I come with sincerity, you know, I keep thinking of... Um, Linus and Lucy, the great pumpkin, the most sincere pumpkin, or whatever, sincere pumpkin patch, anyway, um, (laughs) it's about sincerity, Um, but yeah, I think people can sense your sincerity and whether or not you're trying to convert, you know, people sense when you're trying to convert them or when you're speaking down to them, and you're using your facts as a way to show that you're superior, like people, they're not stupid, and talking about, you know, Scorpio season being about being able to take things in and break them down. Yeah. Part of that is witnessing and listening. And so if we can't do that, if we can't listen to the other side and take them in, we can't break it down. And vice versa. And when you can't break it down, nothing becomes sweet. Something gets rotten <laughs> and corrupted. Yeah, it spoils. When you can't break it down. Yeah. And that's where our politics are right now. This is the symptom of not being able to break each other down in a good way, like in a witnessing, listening, right, to digesting. get to to get to the ascent, to the essence of a person, yeah. right? And and I think um yeah, so for me, I think that's part of the just being tired and worn yeah. out is because I think there's a lot put on our shoulders where, you know, there's all these memes and these things with all the facts and the this and the that. And you have to remember it all. And I'm going to remember that the next time at a family gathering. And like, <laughs> I'm going to show them and I'm going to tell them why they're an idiot. Rather than, like, showing up and being like, 
I'm super confused. Yeah. Can we talk about this? And can we have, can we allow each other to have different opinions, you know, on how, but I, I love this, you know, this Jonathan Haidt that he says, you know, that he suggests for people who are coming to, you know, who are getting together from different, you know, sides of the political divide, he suggests that the first thing that you offer each other is to say something that your side has got wrong. Mm, you know, like, like we, we got this wrong. Yeah. And then the other side says, and we got this wrong. Oh my gosh. You know, to have, to just start the conversation with that humility. Can you imagine a Congress session? Yeah, right? <laughs> so how, everyone has how to powerful say, would that be though? And it's and it's not the kind of it's not the kind of it's not the kind of, you know, thing of like when people I go for a job interview. Session. Yeah, it's not when it's not the thing when you go for a job interview and they're like, What's your weakness? and you're like I'm a workaholic. <laughs> yeah. It's not that kind of like that we got it wrong. It's not that, you know, kind of we care too much. Yeah. <laughs> we care too much. We we try too hard. It's it's not that. It's a sincere like what have you really got wrong? Yeah. Where did you mess up? And and where could you learn from the other side? Yeah. You know, and I and I think that's what I've been trying to like I'm looking at the fundamental values of the other side and seeing that like yes there are things that I agree with you know like oh yeah loyalty and like there are certain things that I'm like yeah I can get behind that yeah you know and and there's there's a place for that for sure yeah and there's ways that I you know yeah so I don't know I I love this idea of breaking down the humility the coming down to earth and just, I don't know, getting off of our high pedestals that we've put ourselves on. Yeah. You know, and I think that in terms of how these big movements play into it, like Black Lives Matter, that goes across, like, I feel like Democrats are pretending, like, we're all good on this matter, so choose us. Like, we are not. No. This is not about, that's not a, that is not a bipartisan or a partisan issue that is a bipartisan issue that is a systemic complete the whole government whatever side you are on has to wake up to and you know there are big issues like that where it isn't about your side it's about recognizing that it's pervasive that it's not just one side that's that's you know, committing the crimes. It's, it's all of us. And to just, yeah, to excuse, to excuse ourselves because we're a Democrat is not yeah. enough. Although now I'm a officially a registered Republican. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I did that for the, um, for, we did that for the, um, the governor. Yeah. The gubernatorial yeah. primaries here in Utah. Um, I have not yet switched my I did switch back, but I did back. switch. I'm, I'm debating. You here cannot vote for Republican ticket unless you are registered as a Republican. And since there's no shot in hell that a Democrat's winning the governorship, like, yeah. if you want we to all say, switch you to have Republican. to switch for a minute. <laughs> but I, I honestly, I'm like, okay. But that's our right. You know, yeah. we, we should I, have the right to vote. And yeah. we did. We made I, I'm right. considering, you know 
I don't know, I'm going to try out and see what happens if I show up at a Republican <laughs> caucus with being the person who I am and see how that goes over. <laughs> so it's an experiment I'm trying to just, you know, in a state that, you know, is has been voting Republican for so many decades and is so, you know, part of me is like, all right, like, I need a, I want, it's an experiment. I want yeah. to see... You know, can I have conversations with these people and can we find common ground to start building the bridges? Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, this, I, this could go down in flames really fast. <laughs> um, I might, you know. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, I, I did my time as a Democratic delegate. and. But these are little things of, like, finding ways to fill a sense of power in something that is yeah. very big and... Us in a big way, you know. Well, and I think that's the problem with the media is that it yeah. blows up these big national po- political issues, and they are big and they are huge and they are overwhelming. But the truth is, is like it's not that hard to become a delegate yeah. locally. Like to have a voice locally is not that hard, and it makes and, a big difference. And it's a huge difference. So to become like my whole thing. You know, like, I, I know that I won't be able to become a Republican delegate very easy because, one, I'm a woman in Utah, and that's, <laughs> that's just, I don't know. I already, you know. So, but um, I'm trying to get my younger brother to be a Republican delegate, you know, so <laughs> he's a man, and they might listen to him. But, um, but yeah, I think it's local politics aren't, as overwhelming as it seems sometimes and I think we get we get swallowed up in the national narrative whereas I'm just like if you just show up at a caucus like when I was a democratic delegate it like I I didn't have to convince anyone I just had to say I'm willing to be the delegate and everyone was more than happy to let me do it because no one else wanted to have to show up to the caucuses and the different you know the different conventions yeah but I wanted to. Yeah. And they're interesting and it's it's not that much of a sacrifice. Yeah. So I think that's empowering to remember yes. that like local politics are pretty accessible. They are. So have you found any other avenues in your life where you've suddenly either felt empowered or recognized your power or suddenly seen a tool or something that might help empower you? That's a good, yes. Um, yeah, I, you know, we were talking earlier about, um, you know, my writing and mm-hmm. I've been reaching out to different kind of, different, or looking into diff- all kinds of different publishing routes. And as I've talked to different people, you know, I'm realizing how far ahead I already am mm-hmm. and probably don't need as much hand-holding as I thought I did and don't want as much hand-holding. I think that's what it comes down to is, like, not wanting the hand-holding. Like, Being what it comes to do down it to it. Way. Yeah, and that's interesting. Well, and knowing you know, what the options are so it's empowering now, not just, like, right. think I want to do it my own. But like, yeah, I want to do it. Yeah, now that I've done the research a little bit, you know, more, and I've looked into it more, and also I've been, um, 
you know, very Virgo themes <laughs> coming through. I've just, I've been obsessed with this idea of sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And, and what is it? And I want it. Yeah. I want sovereignty. And, you know, some of the definitions that I love are basically something like this, some version of this, where it's, you know, to be sovereign is to know what you want and how yeah. you are going to get it and then to use that to be of service in the world. Yeah. And to me, I'm, that's really empowering yeah. to just have an idea like, well, one, I know I want sovereignty. Yeah. And I want to use my sovereignty to serve the world. And, um, Ooh, you've got your Scorpio in your sixth house, which is Virgo house. That's oh, yes. <laughs> there we go. I'm like sitting here like, where's yes. the Virgo coming from? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> actually, I, did, I actually didn't think of that a couple. Anyway, yeah. So it is, it's, it's, so that's empowering to me that I, I have, that, that my power is rooted in my desire. Yeah. What I want Mm -hmm. and knowing what I want and defining that and getting really clear on that is empowering. And I think, I think that's a really hard thing for most of us to, to figure out is like, what do I want? Yeah. You know, it seems like it should be such an easy question, but we're so conditioned to want what we're told to want. Mm-hmm. And we're sold and we're marketed to, and we think we want something. We think we want the perfect house. We think we want the perfect body. We think we want yeah. the perfect job. But it's like, wait a minute, I don't want any of that. I want to make tinctures all day and you know, write in the morning and like live a very simple life. I don't want any of that stuff. Yeah. And then also it's been empowering of like, um, with the sovereignty stuff of just like, yeah, back to this having faith in my process. Mm-hmm. Just, and <laughs> man, it all links. It's all linking together. <laughs> but, you know, as far as it's just like, you know, cultivating a relationship with water and flow mm-hmm. and what I realized with that is I thought about I need to be drinking more water doing more things with water mm-hmm. and it has to do with digestion like giving myself time to digest yeah and water helps kind of break things down right mm-hmm. so anyway I don't know what about you yeah I mean a couple things so for those who understand astrology a little, this might make sense. If not, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> so my Scorpio is in my 12th house, which is my shadow house. So it's a little hard, like, it's where things dissolve. So like power for me is very ethereal and hard to grasp. But, but I've been leaning into that this season for like a really, I mean, I've leaned into it before but there's something every year you live through these seasons you get it more and more and this year I'm like okay I think I get this I've really been leaning into um my mystical things and I sort of realized I was proud of myself even though my little new Instagram she speaks in sun and moon is small and I'm not really like I just don't have time to like market it and try and grow my following but I have a cute little following and I love it and um I make a little money off of it and I know who's watching it. I know who's in the little community. I mean, not personally, but you know, you get familiar yeah. with, with 
And it feels like I, I feel a little bit more empowered with my astrology because I know exactly who I'm speaking to. I know that um, it's being valued and um, it's what I have time for with school. Um, you know, I love Cosmo Muse, but I just, it, that's a beast and I just don't have time for it right now. And this, yeah. like, I have very precise things that I do and it's very channeled and I'm feeling valued and I'm control over who's there and I love that aspect of it being private like I I know people it's very intimate new being you know like yeah. I always get weird about you know because like you know yeah if you haven't figured it out like Anne and I have grown up in a pretty conservative area so <laughs> there's a lot of people from my childhood that might snoop and be like oh she's doing astrology she's so fucking weird you know? <laughs> i just don't like that we thought. have a lot of snoops i don't need you snoops snooping in our lives or judging me <laughs> so like i love having this private aspects now i know like mm. weird high school people aren't snooping right <laughs> like right. how weird is she you know like i know i'm weird i don't need your judgment though. <laughs> whatever yeah whoever <laughs> But it just, it just feels good. It's good for what it is right now. I'm doing it while I'm through school, and then I'll probably revamp something bigger again. Mm. But it's that. And then I've also leaned into super mysticism and been exploring, because um, I, I should be able to have this like very empowering or powerful connection to the more cosmic realm, which I, I do know I have, um, but sometimes, I don't know, I just want it to be more precise and go a little deeper with it, so I've been exploring Akashic record journeys, and, um, you know, I, I tiptoed in there before, and it was a little freaky, but I empowered myself with some new learnings about it and wisdoms about it and understanding about it. Now I'm going in much more uh, aware of what I can do and what there is and having really cool experiences and feeling safe in it. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. So oh, wow. tapping into more of an oracle element and yes. seeing things not just through an astrology chart, but through the field <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> I'd say I, and that feels pretty empowering I'm still like unsure of how to trust it or like if it's real or not sometimes <laughs> am, I, <laughs> am I going off the deep end maybe but but no so far it's been interesting and the things I've seen have yeah. manifested but I think that's that's and kind of the definition of empowerment, right? Is yeah. is recognizing your own authority yeah. and yeah, and disconnecting from that conditioning and yeah, finding your power yeah. in something. I had thought, you know, I when I was first introduced to Akashic records, for people who don't know what that is, it's sort of like the Akashic field is sort of like our astral field, I think, and supposedly there all the information of time is there, what has been and what will be even. I had been introduced to it in the context of getting past life readings and understanding, mm -hmm. and I had gone into that and it was fucking terrifying. <laughs> I really didn't like it. 
but then I had I decided to learn more about it and it, it doesn't have to be about you and so now I'm much more like excited right. to explore it because I'm like I don't need to see what weird person I was in a different life. Yeah, I don't think I get, I think, you know, it's interesting because Allie and I tend to, like, we have this, like, we're, we're definitely, in the same way that women start to cycle together, I feel like Allie and I get on the same threads, but in different yeah. ways, you know, so yeah. I just started reading about Akashic Field, so I'm brand new to it, and Allie's kind of I think you're coming at it with, like, the more scientific realm. Yeah, I'm coming at it from the more scientific realm. From, like, a much more mystical, yeah, new-agey realm. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to do the other two. Yeah. Um, I mean, they did learn a little bit about it in astronomy. They talked about it. But, oh, they did? Yeah. That's interesting. Not in the context I've talked yes. about. Yes, okay, it. yeah. <laughs> But there is yeah. a scientific Akashic yeah. field. <laughs> so Right. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. I was like, no way. Allie, of course, she's playing with Akashic <laughs> records, but doing it, like practicing it, whereas I feel like I'm studying it. Allie is like practicing it. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know if that's delusional or not, but... It's been interesting. Anyway. We're, all, we're all a little... My, my thing with it, and it's the same way I feel about aliens. I don't know if they're real. Yeah. <laughs> but, what, like, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. And I... Um, it lights me up to explore it. Right. And, well, I think that's... I don't and, know. Uh, yeah, like, I... Yeah. I can't be empowered or really discover my power in these things until I... Dive in. Yeah. So, dive and I in. think for me, like these kinds of things, like I especially get drawn to them if people brush them off so quickly. I'm like, well, <laughs> maybe there is something to this. Like, why are you so, like, you know, like, well, no, not that, you know. Yeah. So I just think, you know, these kind of mystical things, I think, and aliens, and the, yeah. the fact that people have such strong I, opinions about it is what draws I me to I did back off my alien obsession. Oh, okay. I'll get back in it. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. I have a fascination. I don't. I mean, I do think that there are intelligent life forms out there. Whether they've visited us, who knows? Yeah. Or if there is intelligent life that can travel the universe, I don't know that. Yeah. I'm willing to explore that, though. And there's a person who is doing work around exploring that through consciousness. Yeah. So I went in and there's these like meditations you do and you can sort of like put through consciousness like these messages of exactly where you are so that you can have contact. And I sort of went, I, I like I sort of went through the process and then I pulled back. So I'm like, oh, I don't know, it's a little scary. And then I was like terrified for two nights that aliens were coming for me. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe I'm not ready. For not ready, not ready. Backing up, backing up. <laughs> so... <laughs> I know I'm definitely not ready. Yeah. I feel like I have enough <laughs> I, like I have enough strangeness in my maybe, life without calling in the aliens. Like, maybe I'll just keep it as like an interest um like yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I do like this, you know, like to me like it's all it's all, you know, like this the ways in which we see and how we see yeah. and what we see. And to me that's like what this season is all about yeah. is just like 
And that's what's empowering is you can see something from another angle. You can see something that felt maybe like it was a burden or yeah. a problem. And then, but if you just can shift that consciousness around it and see it from another angle, then all yeah. of a sudden it becomes an empowerment. Yeah, it is, um, it's, you know, season of the witch also meaning it is a season of esoteric wisdom. Mm. So people, it's a really cool time to study like ancient wisdom. Well, and I thought someone even pointed out that that witch kind of archetype includes someone who's entrepreneurial because Ooh. they see something that yeah. it isn't doesn't exist yet yeah and they bring it into form and yeah. so it's a it, an entrepreneur is a very witchy mm-hmm. kind of thing and so I love well, thinking of it that way it's mm-hmm. totally Scorpio yeah yeah so I think yeah just this idea of like that you know these esoteric ideas aren't you know sometimes yeah, I feel like we think they're these things that are so out there but if you think of it in terms of like an entrepreneur that yeah. happens every day where yeah. people are coming up with ideas and bringing them to people mm-hmm. so that you know it's it's not as crazy out there as we sometimes make it seem yeah. and feel and well there's like you know biological astrology too that will break down like different Mm. elements that are Mm. Scorpio and they literally have like magnetic qualities which is another thing about Scorpios there's this Mm. like magnetic quality this intensity because it's about it's about not only sharing our resources but attracting other resources and um, there's this magnetic quality about resources that get shared in the world and I love that. I love yeah. that, too, because the magnetic has that kind of inevitability about yeah. it, too, where you don't have to necessarily... That, for me, is a good thing to keep And it's in. seductive, you know, magnetic. Yeah. It's seductive. Like, you're drawn yeah. to things. But that, to me, and says... Why are, if why are people drawn to you, and what yeah. are you drawn to? So, like, what do you have to offer, and what are you wanting? Well, that, to me, just goes back to what I was saying in the beginning of just, like, that's super helpful to me personally of being magnetic and being seductive there's no effort in that yeah you don't you know it's just like people will be drawn to you just because I'm just me or you know so it's just like you don't have to force yourself well, into I this think, empowered place and I think that's like the beauty of this season is you know even though it can come with some really tough things psychologically mm-hmm. um if you're paying attention, you will notice things that are starting to help empower you, and you'll start noticing your power. Mm. And it's when you know your power, that is effortless. Mm. You just know you have it. You know people want what you have. Yeah. Or it doesn't even have to be about people wanting what you have. Like It, it can just be that you're so aware of what you contain that you can't be you're impenetrable you know yeah in terms of what you don't want to involute into you (laughs) you don't want someone else's corruption to involute into you (laughs) yeah you want to stay natural you don't want the corruption and the spoiling and the rotten you know what to take in you know I like that you know what to take in and you know what to give out like it's deep confidence if you know people with a lot of Scorpio in their chart it's like they just know their power you know man do they know it (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> they, they know exactly how to use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. By the way, Biden is like filled with Scorpio. Oh, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So here we go. Politics. Well, I think we probably... Woo! That was long. That was good. Okay. Well, we'll let you guys go. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next season.